All right, welcome in episode 96. What's right with Nick Wright, the podcast and YouTube show. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Check us out on YouTube. I think we're live on YouTube. I'm seeing all the screens. Looks like we're good to go. I'm told people were waiting for the show, eager with anticipation, and in the chat talking amongst themselves. Uh, what would Demonze's leg wear be today? Demonze went with the more traditional look of pants with a sweatshirt. Well done. Is that is that you learning or is that just weather related? It's 30 degrees. Outside. Okay, so that's why. That's fair <laughs> enough. You know, I have my little spies around Harlem, though, that say you were walking around the streets of Harlem yesterday when it was quite chilly in some shorts. Yep. So, okay, well, listen, you look great. At a later time in the day. The eye, speaking of legs, I cannot really walk right now. I have a funny story related to that tangentially. Remind me to tell it maybe at the start of the second segment. We'll do that there. We have a ton to get to. Week 11 in the NFL, a great night in the NBA. I don't think it's in the show, but SGA just keeps crushing fools and has to be looked at as not only a top 15 player, but thus far this season, a clear top 10 player. I don't think that's much in the show. Here's what is definitely not in the show. Uh, Not in the show today. LaMelo Ball injured again. Deshaun Watson returning to practice. And Taylor Heineke still in as a starter. One other thing that's not going to be in today's show, and I say this with great shame and embarrassment. Um, we're not going to have a book club in today's show, guys. Um, Too busy spending his gambling winnings. Yeah, because I didn't do the reading this week. I'm the head of book club, and I didn't do the reading. Next week, we finish the book, and next week, we do an extended book club at the end of the uh, Thursday episode, recapping the final 150 pages of the book. My apologies. I forgot to do the reading, and then last night, I was supposed to do the reading. Instead, I took my daughter to Broadway. Also, quick note before we get to the show, this, I, very uncomfortable moments last night, because Dior and I both dressed up because we went to Broadway. And I bought some good seats because she wanted to see Funny Girl with this lady named Leah Michelle, who was on one of her favorite shows. So it was a really nice moment between Dior and I. The number of people giving me the stink eye because they thought Dior and I were on a date made me so uncomfortable to the point to where right before the show started, I was like, Dior, let's post something to my IG story. She's like, no, why? And And I just did it. So I could loudly say for the people we were sitting around, me and my daughter out on Broadway, just so it wouldn't attack that. I I just didn't want to do, I didn't care. Like the people five rows over, who cares? But the people we're literally sitting next to, I didn't, it was like. And it was later. It was like a later. It was an 8 p.m. show and your sister dressed super fancy. I wore my suit from work. It it was, it was, so I had to, I had to fall on that grenade immediately. People mind their own business. I, I mean, but if it were that situation, it, it, it's bad. But. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> uncomfortable looking. I understand it. Okay, Demonte, where are we starting today's show? All right, we're starting with the Warriors. Yeah. The Warriors' start to their season has been disastrous. Yes. While their title defense isn't as bad as the Rams, they've still yet to win a game on the road. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. Steph dropped 50 last night. And 50? Yeah. He's had a couple of those games this year. I think he was like 47. Yeah, no, he's been awesome. Yeah, and they still managed to lose by 11 versus the Suns. You said last week that the Warriors may be in serious trouble. Has this franchise earned the trust for us to be patient, or are you ready to sound the alarm? Oh, I'm sounding the alarm. 
The franchise has earned a lot of things, but not trust for this season. Okay. And I want to talk macro about the NBA for a moment and then micro about the Warriors. It is a damn shame that you have Steph Curry, one of the greatest players ever, still clearly in his prime, and the team stinks. Kevin Durant, one of the greatest players ever, at the tail end of his prime, and the team stinks. And LeBron James, clearly not in his prime, but far and away greater than any player has ever been this deep into his career, and still clearly at a minimum is LeBron, one of the 15 best players in the league, which has never happened in year 18, 19, or 20, except for with LeBron. And those three teams are all awful. Right. The Lakers are the worst of them, obviously. They're three and 10. But the Warriors are only six and nine. The Nets, on the other hand, are six and nine also with all types of issues. Right. You have, in my opinion, the greatest player of all time, Steph Curry, who is one of the 15 greatest players of all time, and Kevin Durant, who is one of the 20 greatest players of all time. All fighting off father time at various stages of father time as well as almost anyone ever has. And their teams are awful. Now, with the Lakers and the Warriors, at least they can fall back on, yes, maybe we have screwed some things up roster-wise for this team this year. But in the last few years, we've won a title. The Lakers won a title in year 17 for LeBron. The Warriors won the title last year. For the Nets... It's just a total disaster. We'll get more to the Nets later. But they, for Kevin Durant, this is his fourth year with the franchise. Year one, obviously, he didn't play because of the Achilles. And it has just gotten worse and worse and worse each year. It's a total travesty. And as a basketball fan, it's sad. Now to the Warriors. So they sent James Wiseman to the G League. He was, that is, as well as the Warriors have run their franchise, what does need to be acknowledged is they had a dynasty extender cheat code, which was they got they were so bad the year after KD left when Steph got hurt and Draymond got hurt, they had the number two pick of the draft. And they took a guy who right now looks like a total bust. There's no way around it. I, the, I understand he dealt with injury issues. Some of it's not his fault. They could have taken LaMelo. Now, LaMelo's dealing with injury issues as well, but LaMelo, at least we know, is a good player. And that was not, you know, an unbelievable draft. I get that. But Wiseman is right now not an NBA player, literally or figuratively. Other problem for the Warriors. Again, these are smaller problems. They were expecting leaps from three young guys that didn't help them at all with the title last year. Wiseman, he's in the G League. Moody, seemingly hasn't improved. And Kaminga, the one guy who did play a bit for them last year in the playoffs, he has not improved. So that's a problem. They paid Jordan Poole. Poole has not improved. That's a big problem. Steve Kerr said it after they gave him his money, that he's earned it, they're proud of him but he needs to get better. He's gone in the other direction. 
in fact, has only played well when he has started. He had a great game the other day when he was starting for Clay. And then we get to their second biggest problem, which is Clay. And I listen, everybody likes Clay. And I Clay is, you know, has been very honest and very vulnerable about how he doesn't think some of this commentary is fair and he thinks it's mean and, you know, give him time. I have massive respect for Clay Thompson, first of all, the player. I have massive respect for Clay Thompson, the person. I also think it is somewhat sports heroic that coming off a blown ACL and then a blown Achilles, he was ever able to take the court again in any capacity, much less have some moments last year en route to winning a fourth championship. He deserves credit for all of those things. But it also is our job as commentators to be honest about where he is now as a player. And right now as a player, he's hurting them. Their defense is a disaster. He used to be great on that end. And he's not a sniper at the moment. Maybe he will be. And then you get to Draymond, who has not had the injuries, but is clearly a deteriorating player. The defense has been awful. That's his calling card. He hasn't gotten better offensively. And oh, yeah, he punched a teammate in the face right before the season started. And now they're having a season from hell. And I, you know, Broussard on the TV show has floated out there a few times the possibility of Ben Simmons for Draymond. I, that's kind of that, you know, that's my problem for your problem. Why would the Nets do it? The Nets would do it to get off Ben's contract and to maybe add a real leader to that team. Why would the Warriors do it? Younger and got to shake the snow globe. That Ben Simmons is a separate issue entirely. I, I feel badly for Ben, but I think he's too deep in his own head. I, I don't know if he's ever coming back. Um, but the everybody kills me. I gotta be I gotta tread lightly when I talk about Andrew Wiggins. This is a compliment, but it is also a fact here. So Wiggins has been good. Wiggins has been good. But we have a decade of evidence here. If Andrew Wiggins is your second best player, no matter how good your best player is, you're screwed. That is not a knock on Wiggins. Wiggins, but he, the Warriors model is not have Wiggins be your second best guy. And I think people are maybe numb to what Steph is doing. Steph is, Demonze, 33-7-6 and six on the year. Averaging 33-7-6 and six on 53% from the field and 45% from three. But the concern for them is he had 50 last night and they lost. He had 39-9 and nine a week ago, two weeks ago, and they lost to the magic. He the, the they they lost the other night uh to Sacramento when Steph just had a you know a ho hum 27 6 and 4. It feels like they have no chance to win a game like that if he's not unbelievable. Right. So right now the West, think about it. Warriors are bad. Kawhi doesn't really play anymore. He's a total unknown. The Lakers stink. The, the Suns are really good, but 
but I have real concerns about them at the end of the season. So then who do you have? The Blazers, you believe in them? I don't. The Timberwolves, shockingly, Gobert hasn't contributed big to winning. So you have the Nuggets and you have the Mavs. Like two teams that are based around one, in Luka's case, historically great player, and in Jokic's case, really great player. Like, it's, it is a weird conference right now, and the Warriors' issues are multifaceted and super concerning. Next. All right, the 72 Dolphins can now get some rest after the Commanders ruined Philly's perfect season. The Eagles had a rough start, and even everyone was quick to judgment after the loss to the division rival. Yeah. But what a loss to Jeff Saturday and the Colts proved the Eagles to be total frauds. It, listen, it'd be a really, really bad loss. And, you know, we always got to be careful, and I did this, getting ahead of ourselves, just anointing someone the one seed. It, you know, three weeks ago, we talked on this show about how overwhelmingly likely it was that the Bills were going to be the one seed. They're currently the six seed. And the Eagles, it seemed like they had it locked up. But all of a sudden, you lose one game you're not supposed to at home against Washington. And now you're like, oh boy, a lot of pressure on you. Now, I do think Philly should be able to dominate Indy's offensive line, force Matt Ryan in some turnovers, and win that game. But if the question is, the question is not, correct me if I'm wrong, do I expect Philly to lose? The question is, if they lose, will it show their frauds, correct? Yep. Frauds is strong, but a loss, losing back-to-back weeks in 2022 to Taylor Heineke and Matt Ryan slash Jeff Saturday, I think would expose you as a non-serious contender. I do think that, ah, oh, Nick, the Chiefs lost to Matt Ryan and the Colts. I understand that. The, listen, when Matt Ryan plays, the Colts are frisky. but. There should be no complacency for Philly whatsoever this week. They're a de- they're obviously not a desperate team, but the Vikings only have one loss. The Giants only have two losses. The Cowboys only have three losses. Philly can't, you know, can't give away games after giving away that Washington game. And by the way, for Philly, after Indy, they're home for Green Bay. Now, I don't think Green Bay is good, but then home for Tennessee at the Giants. At the Bears, who all of a sudden are frisky, at Dallas, then home for New Orleans, and then home for the Giants at the end of the way. Point is this at Indy is their second easiest game remaining. Their only game easier is home for New Orleans. It's a game they should win. It's a game I expect them to win. Next, and by the way, did Washington expose the Eagles? The poll question. Oh, I should have said this off the top. If you're watching us live on YouTube right now, we'll get to your. Uh, chat questions uh, in the third block of the show. 56% said they did expose the Eagles. Listen, frauds is too strong to me, but I, I'm i yet all year to consider the Eagles a Super Bowl team, and I still do not. Next. Okay. Uh, Dallas goes to Minnesota this Sunday. After winning the game of the year, you'd think that the Vikings would be favored. And after a loss to Green Bay, you'd think that Dallas would be a big road dog. But believe it or not, the Cowboys are favored by one and a half in Minnesota. What does Vegas know that we don't? This is a confusing line, I got to admit. When right. we, on Monday's show, I had you guess it, and I think you guessed Minnesota three by three or two and a half, something like that. And at the time, it was Dallas by two, so it's moved a half point. 
So I think there's, and we'll talk about this more on tomorrow's gambling show. Uh, also, by the way, I meant to tell you, the, another thing we're going to do in the C Block is we're going to talk about DeMonte's Twitch stream. We need some of you subscribers to this show, if you're a gamer, to check out DeMonte's Twitch stream. He's going to get that going. So we're going to talk about that. Remind me to talk about that, DeMonte, in the C Block. Uh, but on Monday's show, we talked about how we were surprised by the line. Here's what I think is going on there. There is the Cowboys blowing a game, Minnesota having their pinnacle of the season, great, amazing win. Sometimes you feel like the Cowboys are going to come in more desperate. The Vikings might have a bit of a hangover. So that element of it exists, right? Then what you also have is the odd thing with the Vikings this year is they are doing this despite Kirk Cousins having his worst year with the Vikings by far. His passer rating every year with the Vikings has been north of 100. This year, it's 87. It's like 20th in the league. And they are... Justin Jefferson is having an unbelievable season. I do wonder, and this was... Buffalo tried this, but I wonder if it's going to be even more, even more dramatic against the Cowboys. If teams are going to start treating Justin Jefferson giving him the Randy Moss treatment of, we're just doubling you. We're, we are doubling you every play and seeing if someone else can beat us. Now, I know the Vikings, they have Thielen. They just traded for Hawkinson. They have Dalvin Cook. But Justin Jefferson has been the engine that has been driving that offense. So I, it's what I would do. I would try to make Thielen have a monster game. I would try to you know see who else can beat me. I also think that the Vikings are one of the teams that, they in Philly lead the NFL in forced turnovers. And that's, listen, credit to them for that. That is a great thing. But you also worry that if the turnover starts, luck starts to regress a bit like it did with Philly, that they're going to give a game up. I like the Vikings in this game. I expect the Vikings to win, but that line is fishy. All right, last. All right, things are really oh, good. I'm sorry, there was a poll. Yeah, the poll uh, 76% like Dallas minus the point and a half. Wow. That's more than I would have thought. All right, next. Trouble in paradise in Brooklyn. Yeah. The team is reportedly frustrated with Ben Simmons' lack of production. Mm -hmm. And KD finally opened up about his frustrations, saying the team wasn't putting, putting, pushing him enough. Yeah. Uh, he also threw his starting lineup under the bus, saying, look at our starting lineup, Edmund Sumner, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, Nick Claxton, and me. It's no disrespect, but what are you expecting from that group? Wow. You're expecting that we play well because number seven is out there. Yeah. Does he have a point or not? All right. What did you think of that quote? I 100% side with KD. What do you mean? So talk to me. So I think that once you look past the fact that KD is just a good basketball player, mm -hmm. and I don't really think takes the stance of wanting to be, the, be a leader. He just yeah. wants to play good basketball. Mm -hmm. It's like, I think that you guys are putting, like, look at his starting lineup. Okay. So, I do think that he, in the fashion that he did it was not great. So, all right. So, I think from a basketball analysis standpoint, he's totally correct. From a team standpoint, that's a crummy thing to say out loud to I'm a reporter. Like, that is, and Dragonfly Jones had this. And it's really funny. And credit to Dragonfly Jones for for remembering this or finding this. KD, the, the tweet that he sent that exposed the fact 
that he used burner accounts was when he accidentally sent this tweet from his own account. This tweet read, Imagine taking Russ off that team. See how bad they were. KD can't win a championship with those cats. Point being, it's a lot like what he's saying here. That look at the guys around him. And I'm not saying he's wrong. I don't love him saying this to Chris Haynes. The other thing that I thought was, to be totally honest, ridiculous, was him arguing, not arguing, stating, that he asked for a trade because they didn't practice enough. He wanted more shell drills and closeout drills. First of all, that is a ludicrous reason to ask for a trade. Second of all, you're Kevin Durant. If you want to practice more, you can call practice. If you want to do different things, in, and it's not like, well, there are other stars on the team. No, there weren't. James Harden got traded, and Kyrie wasn't there. So they're not doing what you want to practice because they're deferring to Patty Mills? No. Like, it's it's a crazy thing to say, and that is where the leadership problem bites him. Because, yes, I understand he just wants to play ball. I get that. But if you're, if, if you want to get, if it's so bad you want to get out of there, then you, you have a responsibility to try to change things. It to me is like asking for a divorce without first telling your spouse, here's what you're doing that is irritating me. Try to fix it. So, and it's such a, the idea that the reason he wanted out had nothing to do with Kyrie, had nothing to do with the organizational upheaval, had to do with they weren't practicing enough. I just don't buy it. I flatly just don't buy it. And now, by the way, the other news from Woj late last night is that Kyrie's coming back, that Kyrie's completed the steps and he's coming back. I I don't know that that helps them, to be totally honest. I, I think the the big news in that in that Haynes article th- that wasn't from KD was that league executives are still quietly monitoring to see if KD asks for a trade again. This thing in Brooklyn's not going to work, and their only way to reboot the franchise is to trade KD. I don't know. Listen, I'm a season ticket holder, so it, it's in my interest that they don't. It's unbelievable to watch him play basketball every night. Uh, you know that they're at home, but. This team's drawing dead. They are absolutely drawing dead. Their best case scenario is sneak into the playoffs. And their best, best case scenario is KD is unbelievable for a few weeks and they steal around. But the fact that their ceiling is round two is a total indictment on what Sean Marks has built, the lack of a culture there, the mayhem Kyrie has wrought, that and conference just put a big target on their back. I feel like who did like that conference, like whatever, everything that KD said, I feel like that makes other teams look at you as like a, at a like a certain way. Like you, you, you just, uh, you're pushover at that point. I think you're right. I track. think that they don't, they're, you're not, I think teams know we show some resistance and this team will roll over, right. which is how you allow 153 points to the Kings. Kings. Like they did a couple nights ago. All right. Uh, I have, oh, I don't think we have a poll question for this one. However, 
We have two amazing things coming up in the B block plus a game. We have, this is going to be a long B block telling you right now, because I have an unbelievable Curb Your Enthusiasm-esque story about me at the gym. And, oh, we're getting Nick's soccer corner up and running with the World Cup on deck. We're going to give out some winners, some gambling winners. That's next. What's right? Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook, or clean up. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, welcome back in episode 96, What's Right with Nick Wright. Uh, Demonze, is your Twitch stream up and running? Yeah, so I started it a long time ago living in Kansas City, mm-hmm. and I haven't logged in it for so long. Uh, and they changed it to where I can't use my email to log in. I have to have my username. So you, so are you ready to give it out yet, or you want to wait? I think we might. Sure. We, we might. I might be able to give it in the C block. Okay. All right. So, well, I okay. So we'll see if you're able to do right. that. But if not, next week. Glad you caught me over here trying to work it. No, it's fine. I it was also my way of saying let's let let, let let's lock in here. No, I was <laughs> uh, all right. Before we get to the World Cup and before we get to our game, so you've seen the last two days I've been walking with a basically a limp, like my legs are stiff. Yeah. So here's what's so let me give background here. So anytime I hit a big gambling win. I try to take some of that money and do a like a kind of like long-term life improvement thing. So the last time I hit a real big win, we hired that weekly chef. The guy comes to the house once a week, makes some meals. It's healthy. It's good. Takes some stress off me and your mom. Did it. So I hit that parlay last week. Finally took the plunge, hired a personal trainer. Gonna work out with this guy a couple days a week, try to get healthy, right? So Wednesday, we go to this gym in Harlem. And he's like, I just want to basically see how you move, do a bunch of stretches, uh, and 
see your form on things. He's like, we're not going to do really any weight stuff. So the reason I'm walking funny is because I have the world's tightest hamstrings. I have no flexibility in my legs whatsoever. Even though I've been really good on the Peloton, I have no flexibility. So we did a lot of stretching and it just the stretching kind of messed messed up my legs. I think I was working muscles that I worked before. Right. The other thing we did was he wanted to see my form of different, you know, on curls and on overhead press and then on bench press. Just my form. So we're at a packed gym, bro. He has me lay down on the bench. And he has just the bar. And he's like, I want you to bench press just the bar so I can, he goes, I'm not going to tell you anything. I just want to see if weight's not a problem, what you think the right form is. I'm like, okay, that, you know what I mean? That makes sense. Right. So he told, showed me I had my hands a little too close and I was bringing it like slightly at an angle. So he, he was like, no, like, you know, do it exactly like this. So I'm like, okay. And it's a 45 pound. Again, it's the bar with no weights <laughs> on it. Okay. So it's fine. And then he's like, okay. Now I want to see how many of those you can do consecutively without losing form. So even though it's just 45-pound bar, after 25, you're, you know what I mean? At least for me, your arms get tired. But he's, he's saying to me, he's like, I want to see, see how you do when you're really exhausted, right? So I got in my head. I was like, I'm going to try to do 40. Now, maybe people that work out are going to laugh. They're going to say 40 pounds or 40 times of 45. It should be super easy. Whatever. I have no shame in it. I'm trying to get in shape. Right. So I get past 35. And it's, you know, one of those things. Like your arms are shaking. You're tired, all this stuff. But I'm not worried about it because I know what I'm doing. Bro. I feel. I finally get the last one up and it's like a full blown, like arm shaking. I'm exhausted. Right. There is a guy standing like four feet to my right back, right. Who clearly recognized me who had just walked over. So was totally unaware that I had been doing this for five (laughs) minutes or whatever. And I'm sure just saw me struggling like struggling with, with just the bar. And I almost left the gym. <laughs> I was like, this is my worst nightmare. This guy and hopefully whoever he is, if he's watching right now, now knows or at least it likes me. Because if it's right. someone who recognized <laughs> me and hates me and surreptitiously like, you know, put on TikTok, here's Nick Wright about to crumble, bench pressing 45 pounds. I don't know if I'll ever survive. I don't know if I'll make it. <laughs> Uh, so that's my workout story. Uh, also, I do think it's good advice. If you win money gambling, spend them. If you have debt or whatever, yeah, use some pay off debt, all that. But do something, spend some of the money in something that will provide returns or that you can enjoy long term. I think it's a great way to kind of remind yourself of the gambling win and also improve yourself, all those things. All right. Now, time. I'm so excited. Demonze. Whether you're excited or not about this, I don't really care. What are we doing, my friend? All right, guys. If you like Nick Nick Wright's tennis corner, buckle up. Yeah. Grab your, grab your footballs and umbrellas because it's time for the FIFA forecast. Yes. The tournament begins this Sunday with a match between Qatar and Ecuador. Yep. 
your favorite team, Brazil, yep. coincidentally, are also the odds on the favorite to win it all at plus 400. Yeah, they're always the odds on favorite. That's fine. Go yeah, ahead. The U.S. is all the way down to plus 15,000, which is freaking 150 crazy. to 1. Yeah, that's wild. That's not that wild. The the U.S., let me, can I just tell you the real quick? I U.S. We are World Cup history. World Cup started in 1930. 1930 World Cup, the U.S. made it to the semifinals. That sounds amazing until you realize there were only 13 teams in the tournament and in the semifinals, they lost six to one. The very next year in the World Cup, or the next World Cup, 1934, they finished dead last. <laughs> of the 11 World Cups that followed that, they didn't make it to 10 of them. So they're in a bit of a soccer drought. Starting in 1990, we have now qualified for six of the seven World Cups. So that's good. And in four of them, we have made it out of the group stage. In one of them, we have made it past the round of 16. That was 02 in South Korea. The goal here for the United States, so the way the World Cup works, if you don't know, there's 32 teams that qualify, okay? They break those up into eight, eight groups, four teams per group. You follow group A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? That's eight. Is there an H? E, F, G. Uh, no, that's five, six. No, H. Yeah, so A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. There are four teams per group, and it is random what four teams are in which group. So there's relatively random. So there's like a group of death some years. Like, oh, my God, that's going to be impossible. Because the way it works is two of the four teams from each group advance. So you play uh, every team in your group once. You get three points for a win, one point for a draw, zero points for a tie. And then the two group leaders advance to the knockout round. That's then single elimination, 16 teams, you know, and they play down to one. The U.S. has made it to the round of 16 four times. They've made it to the round of eight once. And that's never further except for, again, first World Cup ever when there's only 13 teams. That doesn't count. So. The big goal for the U.S. is get out of the group stage and then move on from there. So in our group, which is Group B, there is England, who is the huge favorite, us, Wales, and Iran. Iran's drawing dead. Everyone should beat Iran and get their three points against Iran. We play Wales in the opening match for us on Monday. And by the way, the World Cup's going to be on Fox and FS1. There are going to be days the TV show and the podcast are off because the TV show's off and because we're uh, preempted by the World Cup. So our schedule's going to be a little odd the next few weeks, but it'll be great. The World Cup is so fun. It's so awesome. If we beat Wales in our opening match, we will advance, I believe. You beat Wales and get three points against Wales, and you beat Iran, you're guaranteed to advance if you get two wins. Uh, but if you beat Wales, Wales is the other team we're competing with, really. Because England, it would be shocking if they don't advance. So that opening match, if we lose to them, then we have to at least draw against England, which is going to be tough. Here's the other thing to know. The U.S., it'd be nice to win the group. But we play group A in the round of 16, if we get there, second place, group B plays first place group A, first place group A, plays second place group B. You, you follow that? Group A 
is Netherlands, Senegal, Ecuador, and Qatar. Qatar's drawing dead in that. Senegal and Ecuador, one of them's going to finish second. And the Netherlands is likely going to win it. I had a question. Yeah. You do know I have a question on here, right? Or are we just, are we going, through, are you answering that through the... What, 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 what could your question be? What are my big I mean, yeah, you are kind of like... World Cup? I'm just doing it. I'm just doing it. I'm just doing it. You got to it. I'm just doing it. I just, I'm treating this like tennis where I'm you set it up and I just go. So a perfect world for the U.S. if we finish second in the group as is predicted is somehow the Netherlands finishes second in Group A. That way, in the round of 16, we get Senegal or Ecuador and avoid the Netherlands. I think we have a, be very tough for us to beat the Netherlands, in my opinion. Now, I talked to Stu Holden about that. He thought that if we play well enough to get out of the group, we have a good chance to beat the Netherlands. So maybe I'm wrong. I have already made a few World Cup wagers that I will share with the audience, and then I will talk about the other the, the, some predictions quickly, okay? I have... I have Brazil and Argentina both to win their group parlayed at even money. I think that is a great bet. A great bet. We'll get to their groups in a moment. It would be shocking to me if either doesn't win their group. I also have a longer list of, I I have a five-team World Cup parlay of teams not necessarily to win their group, but just to advance. So it's Denmark, Croatia, Mexico, the U.S., and Uruguay. Those five teams all to make it to the knockout round. That is plus 860. So I've made those bets. So I will just quickly go group by group and tell you what I think is going to happen, okay? Group A, the most likely outcome is that the Netherlands wins it and Ecuador is the other one to advance. Now, the odds say Senegal is more likely than Ecuador. I would like Senegal because it's more fun Like when the African countries that don't have a long history of World Cup success do well. But I think Ecuador is more likely. Group B, I, I expect it to go with the odds. I expect England to advance and the U.S. to also advance. Group C, Argentina, it would be shocking to me if Argentina doesn't win that group. Saudi Arabia has no shot. It'll come down between Mexico and Poland. As you could tell from the previous bet, I like Mexico. Group D, where's Group D on here? Group D, France and Denmark. This is, France and Denmark got pretty fortunate. France and Denmark are, either one could win the group. France is the favorite. But the other two teams, Tunisia and Australia, it would be shocking if either one of them knocked France or Denmark out. And in fact, another bet that I'm going to make is France and Denmark to be the two teams to advance from that group. Group E, you have two dominant teams, Spain and Germany, two teams that could win the whole thing. They will advance. It's a bad beat for Japan. It is terrible luck for Japan that they are in a group with Spain and Germany and Costa Rica's in that group has no shot. Group F, this is, I like Croatia's chances. This is another pretty soft group after Belgium up top with Morocco and Canada being the other teams. So Belgium and Croatia, that's the odds-on favorites. Uh, Group G, Brazil is the huge favorite. Cameroon, betting markets would tell you no shot. And then Switzerland and Serbia, I have no idea. I have no clue. One of those two teams is going to finish second to Brazil. 
And then what group have I not done? Oh, group F and H. Or, wait, no. Just I H. did group F. Oh, group H is the only one. Uh, Ghana, which is a team that beat the U.S. Uh, in the World Cup a few years ago, or a decade ago, I guess. Uh, or we U.S. played Ghana in the World Cup, I should say, is in this along with South Korea. Portugal's the big favorite. I think Uruguay is, I think it'll be Portugal and Uruguay there. As far as I said on the previous podcast, I pick Brazil every year. Brazil is the heavy favorite. Argentina is the second best favorite. Another fun bet you can make is continent winner. So will the winner come from Europe? That's minus 190. Will the winner come from the Americas, North America, South America? That's plus 140. I like that bet because you get not only Brazil and Argentina, the two favorites, you also get Uruguay and uh, Costa Rica doesn't have a shot, but you also get the U.S. if the U.S. were to go on some magical run and Mexico. So those are my bets. That's where I'm at. I'm super excited for it. It would be a really great story if Argentina wins. It's the If Argentina wins this World Cup, it cements, in my opinion, Messi as the greatest soccer player ever. And it's the one thing missing from his resume. If he has a great World Cup, and if they win it, I think it cements him. Cristiano Ronaldo, maybe you might say the same with Portugal. So that's fun. Brazil's my pick. I love, I love, by the way, we have some viewers in Brazil that were so happy that I picked Brazil. So there it is. There's the World Cup corner. Are you going to watch these matches with me? Some of them? Uh, I don't know about that, but I'm all good for my World Cup questionnaire that I have in a couple hours now. So you have a World Cup questionnaire? If there for happens work? to be one. Oh, I, oh, you're being head. a smart ass. I thought maybe all you good. actually had to do it for your office job with Fox. You're going to have to grind some World Cup tape, buddy. I guarantee it's because possible. there's going to be a lot of days the TV shows whose or, tape you have to do usually is off. You're going to be grinding World Cup tape. All right, time for a game. We are playing this or that. Thursday night football travels to Green Bay uh, Green Bay this week where the 4-6 and six Packers will take on the 6-3 and three Titans. Uh, the Packers are, are alive or dead? The Packers are dead. Okay. I, I, I'm shocked people think that because the Packers stole that win against Dallas that they're still alive. Even Let's just give them the win tonight. I don't think they're going to get it, but let's just give them the win tonight. They still have the rest of the way after tonight. Philly, at Philly, at Chicago, a bye and then the Rams, that's fine. At Miami, home for Minnesota, home for Detroit. They can't get more than eight wins. Their ceiling is eight wins. Eight wins will not get them in. All right, next. All right, the Bills and Browns are preparing for three to six feet of snow in Orchard Park this weekend, which would lead to some crazy football. Snow games are the best or worst. Oh, I think they're the best. I love them. I wouldn't love them all the time, but the occasional crazy snow game where you can't see the lines, I think it's fun. I really like snow games. I wonder how much fun that the, the players are having. I, You know, some players don't mind it. I The, it, it it's... If it is, if they do play there and it is two feet of snow, it will be what it is great theater. It's yeah. great visually <laughs> and it looks really cool. I love it. Next. All right, your Chiefs are back on primetime against the Chargers this Sunday night, but watching games against Brandon Staley are always taxing on you. With the Chargers so injured, wait, okay. Yeah. Yeah, with the Chargers so injured, do you for, foresee Chiefs blah or trap game? Neither, actually. I don't think it's a trap game. Because I think the Chiefs are going to take it super seriously. But I don't think they're going to blow them out. 
I mean, this is the Chargers' last gasp to have any shot at winning the division. I expect this to be another Chiefs comeback. Chargers get out early, and if you're going to bet this game, I would not bet the Chiefs minus the six. I would wait till in the game the Chargers take the lead. Then you can probably get the Chiefs on the money line or maybe like minus two and a half. Next. All right, speaking of the Chiefs, Mahomes is the MVP favorite, followed by a trio by of Josh Allen, Tua, and Jalen Hurts, all tied at plus 500. Yeah. Which of your takes aged worse? Tua is a backup or Hurts is QB 25? Listen, Hurts is QB 25 was not a bad take. It was at that moment going into the year that was a fair ranking of him. He has played better since then. Two the is, one is the, the 201 is a, is a backup is right now looks like a bad take. I got to tell you something. I'm going to whisper. I'm still not fully sold on two. I still don't totally believe. You think, you think Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waller are just making him look like I just don't fully believe in him yet. I'm sorry. I just fully, I don't fully believe in him yet, but I don't want them. I don't want Joy Taylor and the Miami fans to cr- kill me. So let's just move on. Next. All right, the Lakers have been a little off since Sunday, or no, have been, been off, off since yeah. Sunday. Maybe long enough for LeBron to look at the, the Lakers' 3-10 and record and regret re-signing for another year. LeBron re-signing was the worst decision of his career or the right move? I think, it was, I think it was a terrible decision. I said at the time, I didn't think he would do it. It didn't make sense to me. I don't like it. There's nothing about it I like. It makes me very sad that this happened, and I don't want to be sad in the show. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. We'll answer your questions in the chat. We will not do book club this week. My apologies. I forgot to do the reading. Again, I'll go to after school detention. We finish the book next week or this week. We recap it next week in an elongated book club. Your questions in the chat next. What's right? What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie. Your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Welcome back in What's Right with Nick Wright, final segment where we answer. We usually do book club here, but I forgot to do the reading. I apologize. I'm ashamed. Uh, so now we will do book club next week. We're finishing the book. If you're just joining us and you want to read the book in a week, it's a quick read, A Little History of the World by E.H. Gombeck. It's awesome. We'll do that next week. Demonze, time now for our listener questions. Go right ahead. 
All right, Noah Rodriguez asks, what does Steph have to do to pass Bird on your list? I think it's closer than most people think. Neither are great defenders, but play good team defense and great offensively. Okay, so I understand thinking of Steph versus Bird because on my list, Steph was 10th of the 50 greatest players the last 50 years, and Bird is the next perimeter player on the list. But he would have to pass Shaq, Akeem, and then Bird. Because Shaq's nine, Akeem's eight, Bird is seven. I think one more, to jump them all, he would need one more ring. And he jumps them all. One more ring as the guy. And he jumps them all. One more league MVP. And he jumps Shaq and maybe Akeem, but I don't know about Bird. No. Uh, can he jump them without a ring or an MVP? Maybe, but it would take an excellent longevity that a smaller player typically is not able to have. Right now, though, I, I'm go ahead. I think the way that Steph plays, like, oh, it's just like... Oh, I think he'll be able to play for a long time but I'm talking about dominate the game, like put his impact on the game. You're saying because he's such he's a great shooter 50 right now, and yeah. it's like no, that's true. Well, the level he's playing at right now plays at this level all year as an MVP caliber player this year, even though the team stinks. Right. Uh, so the Steph, just to be very quick on it, looking at my list, Steph, four-time first-team All NBA, three-time second-team, two-time league MVP, and four rings, obviously. Shaq. Eight-time first-team All-NBA, two-time second-team, one-league MVP, and four rings, obviously. Akeem, six-time first-team All-NBA, three-time second-team, one MVP, two rings. You also, with Akeem, got to incorporate greatest defensive player ever or of the last 50 years. Bird, nine-time first-team All-NBA, three-time MVP, three rings. It's tough, man. It's hollowed ground. All right, next. All right, Omar Rodriguez asks, Nick, are you going to the World Cup in 2026? I'm already saving money for when they are in the States. 100%. I'll go. I mean, I'll the what are the, you know what? Let me check the World Cup host cities 2026. I want the full list of them because if I'm not mistaken, Kansas City got one. And, yep, Kansas City got the World Cup at Arrowhead. It's one of the 11 host cities. I will go to that. I will just see. So the stadiums, I'll probably go to some of them because it's going to be in New York, in LA, in Dallas, in San Francisco, in Miami, in Atlanta, in Houston, in Philly, in Boston, in Kansas City. By the way, what an honor for my hometown to prove what a great soccer city it is. Think about the list of cities there, okay? Right. New York, awesome. LA, Dallas, San Francisco, Miami, Atlanta, Philly, Seattle, Houston, Boston, Kansas City. There are two cities on that list that kind of stick out like that's weird. Seattle and Kansas City. And it's because they have both proven to be great soccer cities. It like, Chicago didn't get it. Kansas City did. Kansas City's the Midwestern city. So 
In 2026, I think it's on the board. I'm living in L.A. at that point in time. Whether I'm living in L.A. or New York, I'll go to some of the games in that city, and I will make it a point to go to Kansas City to see the World Cup played in my hometown. It's unbelievable for a city the size of Kansas City that we get to host the World Cup. It's truly, truly remarkable. Also, what's also going to happen, I mean, it's four years down the road, a lot of international soccer fans, when that is approaching, are going to be incredibly bummed when they realize the massive geography of the United States. So typically, when the World Cup's in a country, it, it's you know the U.S. is so huge as far as square miles. It's so different than... So like when the World Cup was in France, and France is a big country, but you could pretty easily like, you could be like, I'm going to a bunch of locations. You can't do that in the U.S. Can't be like, I guess you maybe could do L.A. and San Francisco. Right. But there are going to be people that realize, oh, if I want to go, I can only go to the matches in one city. Right. Like you could do New York to Boston or New York, Philly. There's a few, but and it was when it was in Brazil, there was a similar issue because Brazil's so massive. But the U.S. is so spread out that it's really it's like a truly 11 different venues. Right. Not consolidated. All right. Next. Uh, Arc Mystic asks, what's something you wish you had known when you first started betting on sports? Oh, so much. But um, the the biggest key is to and it's the hardest thing. The biggest key is to accept that there are going to be losing days and not try to chase it. The biggest key is to not adjust. And by the way, I struggle with that to this day. Okay. Uh, I'm not great at it. And it's, it's, it, it is honestly self control is the biggest issue. Is can't, do you have the self control to just say, today's not my day? I'm going to lose. Or are you now all of a sudden making bets that you didn't like at noon at 7 p.m. because you're chasing? That's the biggest key. Everyone will tell you that's the biggest key. And the other one is to recognize parlays. The casino loves parlays for a reason. And you cannot look at a parlay like it is a smart bet. You can look at it like it's a fun bet. And I actually think for you know casual gamblers, it's a great way to do it because it's minimal investment for big reward, but you can't ever like treat you have to treat that like paying for a ticket to the movies. You don't expect to get any of that money back. You're paying for entertainment. Right. You're paying for the fun of following the bet. All right, next. Kyle Hidalgo says, We've seen the Panthers and the Colts get huge wins this week after firing their head coach. Do you think it's more important for an NFL head coach to be a good motivator or a schemer? I think in the long run, schemer. I think in the short run, motivation can be great. On a one-off event, but in the long run, you need a staff and a head coach on down that can X's and O's teams. Like there's, right. there, there, there's, there's no doubt about that. But in the short run, I think a great motivator can be excellent. Next. Uh, That's a tough name. Kartikia Mohan. Kartikia Mohan says, watching Dallas Mavericks from India all year for Luka Magic, but despite his heroic efforts, Dallas is just barely over 500. Do you still think Dallas can win the West? 
Listen, the, I'm going to stick with it. Obviously, I've been underwhelmed by some of the rest of the team. Did you see the numbers yesterday, Demaze? No. Luca didn't play yesterday. The rest of the starters, Demaze. So they lost to the Rockets. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. the starters, without Luca playing, scored 29 points. Were 8 of 40 from the field and 2 of 24 from 3. 8 for 40. The team, like, I, the West, because the Lakers are no good and Kawhi doesn't play and the Warriors are in flux, I actually feel a little better about the Mavs pick, right. but not because they've been great. Luke has been great and the rest of the West has been bad. Uh, the thing is, the, the guy that is the perfect fit with Luka, who actually might get traded at some point, but they don't have the assets to get him is Anthony Davis. Quietly, the Mavs have not done a great job surrounding Luka with talent. All right, uh, next. Uh, Dan asks, did DeMonte do the reading? I did. You did? Oh, next question. You want to lead book club then since I didn't? Well, you just want to pick it up next week. We get to Western Hemisphere. Gombrich makes it seem like the only thing stopping Europeans from finding the new world was that compasses weren't popularized in Europe yet. Uh, Didn't people know how to find the North Star for centuries, if not millenniums, though? Um, I can keep going, but I'd rather not. I don't want to take the whole shine on the book club thing. You can do your thing next week. So let's go. Millennia. Millennia. Yeah. Not millenniums. Hey, man. Otherwise, that's good my job. Notes. I kind of saw it, saw it in the book. No problem. All right. Next. <laughs> Paxton says, I just visited New York and stayed in Harlem. Question is, what's your favorite restaurant in Harlem? Mine was Sylvia's Soul Food, which was great. great. I just went there two days ago. That place is awesome. Yeah, their mac and cheese is amazing. Sylvia's is excellent. DeMonza used to work at a great spot called Boulevard Bistro. Yeah. They're really good. Yes. Long wait, though, because they're so, like, long weekend table. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because they're so popular. Yes. Uh, I like Amy Ruth's a lot. Sylvia's probably actually... Sylvia's and Red Rooster, which is right next to Sylvia's. Right. You also used to work at Red Rooster. Yeah. Are probably my two favorites. Okay. Uh, in Harlem, I'm trying to think. Yeah, those are probably my two favorites. Sylvia's is unbelievable. Yeah. Absolutely unbelievable. I should strongly recommend it for anyone that comes to visit. I also recommend you stop by Trentage, the yep. hottest, latest new women's clothing boutique in Harlem. We're trending on vintage. Uh, we're trending meets vintage. Exactly right. On Linux between 119th and 120th. Great job today, pal. Thank you, sir. Good working with you, Gus. Uh, <laughs> book club readers, are, and we'll get that reference. Uh, we will talk <laughs> to you guys tomorrow for the gambling show. I'll see you on TV today. One quick note. Uh, don't put this part on social, but we can have it up at the end of the podcast. The TV show is crushing right now, and I really, really appreciate you guys who are watching. The, there's a lot of you guys that are consuming a lot of me. You're watching this or listening to this and you're watching the TV show and the TV show's doing the best it's ever done and it makes me incredibly proud, incredibly happy and lowers my anxiety by about a thousand percent. So it is greatly appreciated that you guys are vibing with what we're doing on the TV show and the podcast continues to grow. So like, subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends about it, hit the bell so you get alerts. We will talk to you guys tomorrow for the week 11 gambling show. That's what's right. You guys are great.